0: All right, let's, uh, I think we got the recorder button where the mics are hot, we got the levels good, and uh, let's welcome everybody out to episode 45 of Utah in the Weeds.
1: My name is Chris Hollifield, And I'm Tim Pickett, medical cannabis specialist with uh, utahmarijuana.org. And this week we have uh, an interview we recorded with Bob Waters, friend of mine that I've known for a year, but a deep knowledge of the cannabis space and... Some good opinions about you know what is wrong with the law and what needs to change. Yeah, Chris. Oh,
0: he was very opinionated, and I couldn't believe how vocal he was. Uh, I I don't want to give too many spoilers here, but he was basically like, "Hey, I want to grow, and I don't care what you think about it."
1: (laughs) Yeah, And, and you know what the guy? What else is really interesting about him is the way he got into cannabis. His like his knowledge of of what works for him as a patient, so he has both this this activist side and this patient side, which is it's an interesting conversation. I like Bob a lot, and you know he's helped me expose our you know our business, and and um, he talks to a lot of patients on Instagram. But what is he? He's Bob Waters World Four Twenty.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on Instagram, so go give that a follow. And also, I want to mention that we talk about a few famous people that he got to uh, partake of cannabis with. I don't want to give any spoilers, oh, yeah. so make sure you listen yes, in for that, right? Gotta...
1: Right up until the end, Chris, oh, yeah. because he's, he's got that surprise at the end. Oh, yeah. You know, so, also, before we get into the interview, we have a Discover Marijuana YouTube channel, and we're going to start posting. We have educational videos there that I do with Blake Smith from Zion Medicinal. And, you know, Chris and I are are working on doing video for the podcast and going to put some stuff on there, uh, hopefully shortly. So I want to give a plug out for that before we get into this interview.
0: Absolutely. And uh, make sure org slash podcast is where you can listen to all the podcasts on the uh, website as well as just subscribing any podcast player that uh, you listen to podcasts in. Also, go on utahmarijuana.org. I don't know if you mentioned this, Tim. you got tons of great articles on there as well for people that want to get educated, uh, learning about the, the laws here in Utah, as well as even you know how to get your card, what to do once you get your card, so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, Let's get Excellent. into that interview, though, with Bob Waters. I don't want to hold people up here too much. Um, anything else you want to mention about this? No. Or I, I, I'm Thanks,
1: excited let's... to play it. Yeah, this is a great one.
0: All right, guys, here we go.
2: I told my family that I want to go to California. I wanted to get into the cannabis industry, and I wanted to hang out and smoke weed. Wouldn't that be cool if I could hang out with, like, Dr. Dre? Now, how long ago was this? It was 2018. Okay, so it just a couple early, of years ago. Early 2018, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, at that time, I was working up at the uh, Standard Examiner at the newspaper. So I'm working in the newspaper, and I was a little ticked off. I was a little ticked off about how the cannabis industry was going. The VA was telling me cannabis is the way to go for my conditions. Um, cannabis just starts coming at me, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm talking to my family, and I'm seeing 420 on the clocks, like the crazy weirdo in the movies, you know? And I'm, <laughs> I'm telling my mom, I'm like, hey, hey. So if, fast forward through all that, I, 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 I try to... Manifest this job, and I get a call from the publisher, Ogden, uh, pu- not Ogden Publishing. Rather, it was in Ventura. He gives me a call and he was like, "Hey, you want to come down and be the associate publisher of Culture Magazine?" I say, "Okay, well, yes." So yeah. I go home and I tell my family, "I'm gonna go down here and be the associate publisher of Culture Magazine." The 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 instance with Tommy was a meet and greet that we had set up. Okay. It was at a, a dispensary down in, in SoCal. It was a uh, South coast safe access. One of my favorite uh, dispensaries down there. They, they love the veterans, great discounts, great variety. We set up with Tommy. So his publicists come in and we set him up there and the pictures I got on Instagram show me with him and uh, he's hanging out with my wife and we're talking and he's pretty laid back, right? He's incredibly high and, He's been high for a while, so
1: his whole life, <laughs> yeah, like right? pretty much for, for a while. So
2: if you can understand, I I don't think he has a tolerance either, but he right? you know he's moving forward. And so I'm trying to talk to him, and I'm saying, "Hey, bro, can I get your autograph?" And he's like, "Sure," you know. Okay, so I grab a joint, one of his one of his pre rolls. I'm gonna have him sign the joint. So in the pictures, he's he's arguing with me. He says, "No, man, what did he say?" He said, um, no man we we smoke them we don't sign them <laughs> and i'm like no bro you sign this one this is for my kids you know this isn't for us we could smoke another one i'll go buy another pre-roll bro and you know, so he signs it yeah. so now i have this little Pre-roll side by Tommy Chong, which I love, right? Nice. Cool. Uh, I've been tempted to smoke it a couple times up here in Utah since I got back, you know. <laughs> but but so that's during yeah. those hard moments, you're yes. just now you mentioned Ventura,
0: man. That's my mm-hmm. hometown. Oh, that's right. You, did you live in Ventura or this just happened that this thing was in Ventura that you had to go to? Right. right?
2: So they do like uh like the City Weeklies, the publishing company yeah. out of there. And I was actually living down in Irvine at okay. the time, working the the mag the publication culture was public. Uh, located out of uh, Corona.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just mentioned Ventura. My ears perked up. Yep. I was like, oh my gosh. That's you cool. know.
2: No, Ventura, beautiful. Love yeah. the coast. We love going down through Malibu and then looping around the horn there and dropping in, it's just going through the base and, and all that in Ventura. Love it. Now, I imagine your history of
0: cannabis goes back further than 2018, right?
2: Yeah, um, probably when I was about eleven years old. <laughs> That's when I was. So like maybe five or six years ago then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Quite a while ago. No, yeah, I was a I was a kid. The first time I was introduced to cannabis, I, I, we we scored a, like a nickel bag from from a guy that was local in the area. Probably about eleven or twelve years old. Oh wow! Yeah,
1: did you, you grow up around it after that? Did you notice it was everywhere in the like in the community you were in, or was it just was it just like kind of everywhere else? Where were you? Uh, well, my you family
2: had the album Up in Smoke, right? So it was like played on the stereo. You grew up around it. Roaches are in the ashtray. Got it. So it was it was really more like this. This was normal in our in my family, anyways. Cannabis was normal in my family to some extent, and if not directly like. In the household, in the community, you mm-hmm. know, you meet the, those they meet, you get to see things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Because I remember when we were talking one time, and you and I have known each other just barely over a year now. Right. But um, we were talking about RSO, mm-hmm. right? Because I have yes. a patient that needed some RSO, and we were talking about it. And you had said, like, when you were growing up, the adults around you, uh, when you were introduced to RSO, they were like, yeah, don't mess with that shit. That's medicine.
2: That's correct. That's correct. Well, because it's just so strong and it's the potency and the concentration too that anything, anything, when I was growing up, anything outside of the whole plant, any concentrate was kind of frowned upon. It was something you're you're taking it to a different level. Mm. You know, you didn't want to be the dude at two in the morning, you know, sitting in your underwear in the bathtub you know, with two hot butter knives and a co- uh, toilet paper roll in your mouth. You know, burning honey oil. You didn't want to be that guy.
1: Yeah, right? that's a that's intense. That's intense <laughs> imagery right there. Yeah, you
2: don't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the concentrates are found upon, and RSO is like the you know the granddaddy, the grand poobah of concentrates.
1: Sure, it has a place, but really only. In my opinion, it kind of only should have a place in the medicinal type regimen. I would agree with you. Right? It's just, I I just don't see that any, I'm of the opinion that any substance that's that strong, that concentrated is probably not good for human consumption in general, unless there's a specific reason RSO would fit that.
2: I would agree. I think once it's manipulated outside of the whole plant then we're taking it to a different place. Sure. Um, and and then and then where are we going? Obviously, uh, I think like Bob's condition, let's say, versus Mary's condition and and what what she might need and he might need and the variables thereof, the the whole plant can provide perhaps what that individual needs. Because I mean, we have the system to embrace the cannabinoids. So if it's there and she's ill and the plant can fix that at a concentrated level, I think that's awesome. And that's a, that's a one off case, I think, to be partnered with obviously their medical provider. Right. And it, it's something they work together on. And so RSO can do that. RSO can put you high as a kite for a year and a half and cure cancer. It, it can do that, you know, but um, somebody that's dealing with PTSD is not dying from cancer. Right, it's it's not that it's not it's it's not yes. anything other than non-comparable, scientifically. I just, right,
1: right. And you you talk about RSO and curing cancer, and yeah, there are there are cases. We we had talked about this with uh, Blake Smith at Zion Pharmaceuticals that there is. It's like about one in a thousand cases where RSO will shrink mm-hmm. a tumor. Mm-hmm. At yeah, least what we, we when know of. Now RSO, Rick, Rick, Rick Simpson oil. Simpson oil. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. For people
0: that aren't familiar. Right, right. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's a really, really concentrated cannabinoid product. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, available in Utah. Talk to, so what do you use cannabis for now, medicinally?
2: Well, medicinally, uh, I'll microdose, microdose through the day to deal with the pain. Like We got a storm coming because I couldn't get out of bed this morning without smoking, and normally that's not the case. I know a storm's coming, and I'll, but I'll micro-dose through the day because I have spinal fusions, and I have a lot of heavy metal in my body. Uh, so the chronic pain that goes with that, the the, the sativa hybrid, mm-hmm. allows me to function throughout the day to to a pretty articulate level. I'm able to go to school and function and work and, and all that good stuff. At night, I'll use a heavier indica. Uh, I suffer from PTSD and, uh, when I say PTSD, I really just mean, like, I suffer from the nightmares of war that haunt me, and in order to put them to bed, I gotta, I gotta, I get, I, I smoke Indica so I can sleep, I don't want to dream, and I prefer, you know, that way, way, way over what, what I had chosen previously, which was alcohol, and, uh,
0: now, are you drinking any alcohol? No. no completely got off alcohol, oh, yeah. all, all cannabis. Correct. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, you uh, kind of have a, tr- a trifecta there with yeah. the chronic pain, the PTSD, and the oh, addiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm a gastric change, right? bypass.
2: Oh, yeah. So it was like, here, have a beer. We all have a beer. You have one, I have three. You
1: have two, yeah, I have right. six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. For those of, for, for listeners with gastric bypass, and I used to work in uh, bariatric surgery for six years, and the, the effect of alcohol is absolutely um Devastating. just multiple times. Is it get it drunk faster? Is that what it absolutely. Is or Absolutely. Yeah. You can't tolerate much alcohol at all. They a lot of bariatric surgeons recommend people don't drink ever.
2: Yeah, you should never touch it. So it's... what would happen
0: if you had a beer right now, you would just
2: get so drunk, huh? It'd be three beers. Three beers, yeah. Three hey, beers. Hey, and... cheap date. Yeah. It's awesome until you're like the dude in the back. You're in the closet, right? You're in the closet with your box wine because you can't drink carbonated anymore and you can't get it in your system fast enough. Yeah. You're drinking it as fast as you can, but you're puking it at the same time because you're just full. And this was you. It was like Caligula, only they weren't tying off the end. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like coming out <laughs> my mouth. It was. No, that was me. So what, uh, I mean, are your family and friends
0: pretty supportive of you using medical cannabis then? I mean, have they noticed a change within yourself
2: since you've used medical cannabis? Well, coming from, coming, it's hard to say, you know, because I did, I did 20 years in the military. Okay. And, uh, and that was on the straight and narrow, right? I didn't, I didn't mess with cannabis for 20 years. So the Navy told me not to, I followed orders.
0: Nobody was using cannabis on in there.
2: You might, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't, I was told not to. It was pretty simple. It was, it was just, I was told not to, you know? The, the, the Navy took care of my family and I took care of the, the country and then I just do what I was told. I mean, it was there if you wanted to. I mean, you could just write a letter home and get whatever you want on the ship or, you know, I mean, it was there if you wanted it. Uh, but, um,
0: But you weren't messing around with it.
2: I wasn't messing around with
0: it. It just
1: wasn't, it It just doesn't, not a part of your life, right? Like it is now when you got out. Right. And also,
2: my conditions weren't as such, you know, that that necessarily are, you know, are are the true driving factors for why I I participate with it, you know, because after I got out and retired, uh, by that time, I had been through the surgery. I'd been into the alcoholism. I had had multiple spine surgeries. I was in a wheelchair. I was taking every opioid you can think of, and I was just and I was nonproductive, right? So the VA comes back, and the dude just like folds the folder and says, "Like, have you considered cannabis?" And I'm like, "I've considered cannabis, of course, but that's like, I don't want to be a stoner again, Dick." You know what I mean? I was a little pissed off that this is what they decided, that I should just go get high. Oh, but by the way, you live in Utah, so you're screwed.
1: Yeah. Okay, so now you get into, is that kind of when you decided to get into the activism part of it, or did that take a while? Well... You know, I was
2: in California first introduced, so it was a no-brainer. I went down to Doctor Four Twenty. I paid. You know, I was still technically. I was in. It's a back and forth deal between Utah and California for a while, but the deal was while I was in California is when I went to the dispensary, a dispensary for the first time. California, I picked up my first clone. Right, that was the first. That was the first experience since I'd retired from the Navy and been done, and. We moved back to Utah, which has been my home. But doing that, I subjected myself, of course, to the laws of Utah, and so I, I abstained from cannabis again, and I, I got, and I wasn't on the medications that they would rather me be on because I was resistant to those. So it was a volatile time for me, mm-hmm. and very painful time as well. But I got the job. I, you know, I was working at the newspaper. And, and that's when... In California. No. no. In Utah. That was Utah. the standard examiner. That's right. And then the U, VA, I'm back in with the VA and they're telling me the same thing Cali VA is telling me because I'm telling them, I'm like, yo, bro, I was down in Cali and everything's working right. And he's like, well, this is a way to do it if you want to do it, but you can't do it
1: here. Right. Yeah, we get a lot of referrals from the VA, frankly. They have a good system up there They've and they take care people. of people and they know cannabis works yeah. and they just can't. I mean they can't use it at all. Thank God there's a law that doesn't take away your veterans benefits. That's right. If you're using within the state law, right? right. I mean, right. And then there's a the law that
2: was just put on the floor recently by a, a, a representative of the I believe of the House from Florida. I, I posted his name. I can't pronounce it. But he uh he's putting in a bill to protect those rights again for anyone that's prescribed and so, you know, abiding by the law. He's not asking for the federal government to do anything other than allow the, the states to operate their program without fear of federal repercussion. Yep. For VA. For the VA. For the VA. Right. Because there's those in fear that want to step forward, but they don't want to lose their VA rights and Well, benefits. there's
1: still a ton of VA um, – there's a ton of vets who – Yeah. Even – They'll even come in here with their spouse and they don't touch anything with THC because they still don't, they don't know. And even when you, when you explain it, they're like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to risk it.
2: Yeah. My buddies will all even advise me. So go back to your question about the community, you know, totally embrace and whatever. No, not necessarily. Right. Because I come from two different worlds, three different worlds really now, but those in the straight and narrow for, for the V, you know, that don't have that as an option for them as a medicine, the rules are set up to restrict that and they're used to that. And yep. so they just need to be told it's okay, not be told, wink, wink, it's okay. As long as they have their medical card in Utah, it's okay though. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean so, as long as and I guess my people that to know is, that yes. listening, right? And like, hey, there's, there's a like... federal law that protects the veteran benefits mm-hmm. from being taken away if you're abiding by the state rules. Which means if you are smoking weed outside of the law, if you don't have a card, then right. you don't have that protection right. as a veteran. Yeah. And so that is the that's the caveat, right? We'll protect you, but therefore mm-hmm. If you are now outside of the law, then you might not be protected.
2: So it's a good idea to get your. Culture. So what do you do when the law is broken, though?
1: Yeah. So talk to us about your opinion about that, because you wrote a letter to the governor. <laughs> I have a very strong
2: this. opinion about. Yeah,
1: that. and I don't. Yeah, I mean, like we agree on some of these things. And, and not you know, all even of though them. I'm in business, to, like I have this clinic, and right. and we do, and and it's expensive for patients. And you and I have talked a lot about how to develop a program for low income and this cooperative okay revenue is fuel on? yes
2: we start there revenue is fuel the industry needs revenue in order to fuel what it needs to do to progress itself that's the market and and, that, and and that's ever present without revenue and normally normally it comes from sweat equity it comes from private investors it comes from people willing to put in their own money people willing to run credit cards, all that terrible stuff. That's normal in any new market. New industry, new market. This is, for Utah, this is a new industry, it's a new market. And so it's okay. Except that they're using it improperly or naming it properly or theming it properly or using the catalyst to the industry is based on the needs of patients. But the needs of patients aren't being met because they're governed by a law that is broken. Now, that's my opinion. It's not a fact.
0: <laughs> so we explain this a little bit more. So you say you think the Utah medical laws are broken? I do. And what? Explain a little bit more. Not that I don't agree, but what? Okay. what I would love to hear your thoughts. So on
2: currently, that. my doctor says I need Blue Dream. Okay. It's my medicine. He also says that I need a Mixapol. I need I need a stomach medicine. Okay? I go to Walgreens. I have no <laughs> I have no doubt that they will have my meds or they will have them within a day or so. I cannot get Blue Dream cannabis. Yep. Cannabis. Yeah. I'm stuck. So, would, in, in most states, is that possible?
0: Like, it's like, let's say you had a card in uh, even a brand new state that just opened up. Let's say, uh, what's, what's one of the newest states that just opened up? Say Virginia, right? Virginia's new, right? Like Oklahoma's yeah, Virginia, going. Crazy. Would you Oklahoma's be able to go crazy. there and get Blue Dream
2: if you? I mean, can you? Well, not uh, anymore. The law has changed. To but I'm just
0: curious. That. This isn't just a Utah problem, though, right? Like, this is a common thing in most mm, states that open up.
2: I can only speak from my own experiences yeah. on that. I use Blue Dream to set the hard example. Yeah. the the what the, the, what's what's hidden behind that is the fact that the monopoly the utah governance monopoly over res- the restriction over the natural development of the cannabis market mm-hmm. it's non competitive it doesn't allow for growers to come in new growers to to come in They're going to offer different varieties. They're going to offer lower rates. They're going to offer discounts. They're going to attract more patients. Now, this is all great for a retail market, but it's a medical market. And so it has a cap. If we had the data, and I know the boys in Provo have it, Mm -hmm. but if we had the data that could show us there are X amount of patients within the state of Utah that suffer from each of these different qualifying conditions – and they earn x amount of dollars per year x amount of dollars per year and then just do the math it stops there
1: yeah you're saying that basically if you if you were to take the actual medical data and say here's how many people in utah suffer from chronic pain right because we know all we just we have all this electronic health data yep take all that information then we can we can get an average income for all those people then we essentially know the potential market for cannabis for pain, for that condition.
2: Unless I was trying to disprove that there's a need for it, then I can use the data to skew it to say that this is a limited actual demand. Interesting. Bob's registered. He's a member of the state. He uses an ounce a week. But it's weird that he doesn't buy an ounce a week. That's weird.
1: Yeah. See, that now you're talking about... Yeah, I think it's probably a little confusing to listen to all this. Yeah, I know because we're sorry, here.
2: I go all over the place because yeah. we're here.
1: We're here in person, so it makes yeah. a little bit more sense.
2: <laughs> and I'm eager. I'm eager to talk about something, so I'll jump on one, and then I get a little confused. Dude, that's the joy of a podcast. Yeah, that's man. right. It's all over the that's place. Right. And I mean,
0: that's. I just want to, the thing is 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 we get so many different types of people that listen to this podcast, Bob. I mean, you're one of the people. I mean, Tim. I mean, right. and, well, all of us. Yeah, so. all of us. In we got people that are listening that are new to cannabis. We got old timers. We got sure. old. And so, a lot of people, like, that's even why I wanted to clarify RSO and I want to clarify yeah. these things because a lot of people, they don't realize that, like, hey, there are some people, like yourself, you said, hey, an ounce a week. I mean, some people yeah. are like, holy shnikes. like, that's a lot of weed. Right. right? Yeah. But to some people, that's not. And the thing is, is people up on Capitol Hill, they, they might not realize, Hey, a lot of people might need an ounce a week. And if you were to go to the Utah dispensaries, you're going to be dropping 400 plus on an ounce. Oh, God. You, We talked were, before we started buy, recording, yeah.
1: you're, you're a $24,000 a year exactly. habit right? yeah. or, or not a habit, but a medical need. Right. Like, but it's funny how we say these the things state like makes me feel
2: like it's a habit.
0: Right? But I, that's so, right. <laughs> but my, my question is I've heard prices are pretty similar though to other states. And that's where I'm like, well, I here it is that the price no. is expensive, but like when I hear that, like say Chicago is, or Pennsylvania is even more for their medical, they're looking at like closer to 80, 85 for an eighth.
1: Right. Right. And then there's this argument that we've heard from Bijan, yeah. uh, Beehive, that is, and we've heard it from Jeremy Sumerex at Deseret too. If you retail, if you switch this market to retail and you start charging 20% tax on it, the 60 dollar eighth here goes up to 80 bucks. Right. And so there's some you know, we're not getting the whole picture. But back to your blue dream point growing right. keeps coming back as this thing that is missing from the and really it's it's people like yourself maybe who are in this what I would consider legacy users or legacy growers, people who have experience with the product. They know what they want. They could probably grow a plant or two, you Mm -hmm. know, during the year and whether or not that's going to be your whole, uh, it it might not be your whole medical intake, but it would supplement. Think about if you could grow two plants a year and get, you know, four or five ounces. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money.
2: Well, it's, the the offset to that it's there's you have the ability to supply your into almost your entire demand if the law is written correctly and allows you to have a continual growth cycle, as long as you have adults, adolescents, and babies, continuously, then you're harvesting
1: continuously right from a plant perspective not a human perspective <laughs> right. from a plant <laughs> uh, yes yes okay. you're right as long as you have the ability to cycle through the plants mm-hmm. and you knew what you were you knew what you were doing so you could yeah. pull it, pull the clones off and things like that do you think that there's a time now so i like the market now i think there are some problems with it of course uh like everybody but but i'm i'm in it enough to know or my opinion is we should all just be patient with the with the way things are and let things settle a little bit more. But that being said, we run into patients who cannot afford, well, they can't afford the clinic fees. They don't want to go to their well, they they want to or they don't want to go to their primary care provider. One, their primary care provider might not offer the service. Two, they don't know anything about cannabis and how to like help somebody. Right. And so do you do you think that it's reasonable not to allow growing for now? The law is so anti-Utah,
2: it sickens me. The law in Utah. So well, let's talk about this then. Yeah. I mean, let's think about it. We as Utahns are, are a state of self-providers. We are taught daily that we should be able to take care of our own. If, if there's a way for us to have a garden— there's a way for us to have a, stu- a food stockpile. There's a way for us to have a little bit extra so that we can give a little bit extra. If there's a way to do that, that's the Utah way, the industrious state.
1: Right. Yeah. It's and just... this this provide for your neighbor, the community garden. I remember when I first got <laughs> married, we had a a ward garden. Yeah. And they, you know what though, they had to deliver. The tomatoes to people before they went bad because there wasn't enough people to go get their own damn tomatoes. <laughs> like it was, it was terrible. It but was yeah, excess. This, yeah, right.
2: But this Utah way, you are absolutely. And the, and the Utah law is written that it restricts that. The Utah law is written that says you cannot do that. You cannot do that. You will do it our way, this way, inefficiently. You will comply. It's not a Utah thing. But when you say not comply, that means growing, right? Correct. Growing
0: as far. it is that really the only part you have an issue? I mean, there are probably other things that you have issues with. Well, there's a lot of legalities. They changed.
2: So the first thing they changed recently in January when they restricted us from going to Colorado or outside the state. Right. Previously to that, the law was written that forced us to violate federal inter- state trafficking laws, if we wanted to get the volume that we needed at the price we could afford in the strains that we needed, you'd have to cross the state lines, then risk, you know, federal prosecution. In January, that, what what would we call that, Tim? That luxury went away. Right. Well,
1: the luxury to break federal law, right? <laughs> went away. And <laughs> you have this, man, this is so complicated because on the, there's all kinds of things that go along with this, including you know they postponed reciprocity, so people from out of state can't come right use cannabis yet until they develop that rule. You know, if Rich Oldborn's listening, Rich, I get it. You're busy. That law <laughs> took a little bit of time. We've waited 20 years. We can wait a few more months. But the other the issue with the buying cannabis in in outside markets and then bringing it back, or even even having it here. With COVID, two things I'd say to that. Correct. With COVID, the amount of growing that these growers have done is is much less than they could have done before. Mm-hmm. There's less dispensaries or pharmacies open than would have been open had COVID not been the case. They you know we would have probably had Saint George open by now because the the market would have been more right. developed a little bit. So there's less product in the state than there would have been if there hadn't been a pandemic which makes your point more valid in my opinion right being able to bring it in would be a good a, a better thing a benefit but what triggered me having to break those laws
2: what triggered me to have to go to colorado what triggered me to have to go to nevada ding dong i'm trying to comply you have flour? we have we have indica yeah Hybrid. for f- for 5 hours and i'm
1: well i need sativa during the day. I need it every day. Now, should I just say, look, Bob, you've been waiting years. I mean, you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer.
2: What do you mean waiting years? I wasn't waiting. I was waiting for Utah to catch up with me. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> now I'm compliant. That's right, right? You you want to be... Compliant. Compliant. Right? So I say, I, I subject to your law. I'm compliant. I go to your store Ding dong. You don't have anything for me? Sorry. Why don't you have an opioid?
1: So the other point What do I do? What you know, what this do I is do? That's true. And the other thing I was going to say about the bringing it in from outside is that um when you you know when you do that they have written the statute to really protective of the Utah industry, right? Even if federal law changes. Right. Even if federal law changes. Our statute here says you cannot have cannabis purchased outside of Utah. So it doesn't matter, really, if federal law changes. It's more restrictive here, and that will that would likely hold. It'd be a good question for JD.
0: Isn't that the same in every state, though? Like,
1: technically, I would you shouldn't imagine, right? state line with it? No, Amy. but if they decriminalize it and they allow transfer of this product between states, they that will. won't matter in Utah because so, the wow. law is written I didn't that, that you have to oh, that's purchase it deal. here. And that, but that was a... Smart lobbying, in my So my they knew opinion. what they were doing there. I, I mean, you know, if you were somebody who was investing millions of dollars, you would have wanted a protection like that in case the feds decriminalize it. So I can see both sides, right?
2: Well, if I had a couple of fiduciaries with me, I tell you, we could figure out, based on patience, what the market cap would be, based yeah, on bet, social security could. and disability. Weren't we
0: talking to somebody on, we were talking to somebody, I don't know if this podcast has been aired yet, about how
1: originally they were only planning like 6,000 patients. Oh, it was like Katie tw- Barber. Yeah, with 20,000 patients. Yeah, 6,000. <laughs> In fact, like, they well, were talking to, uh, we had talked to Zion about this too, yeah. that they had really, you know, there was some projections of 16,000, but when the growers come to come and talk to us on this podcast they were told six seven thousand patients the first year mm-hmm. that's how much you product you have to grow for and that's what they're growing for <laughs> and really they're probably yeah i mean maybe six or seven thousand card holders could you know there's enough product out there for them i don't know
2: maybe, well maybe that, that that is a little skewed because the there's a secondary market for that product so there's a lot of repeat you repeat patient user buyers that aren't the users themselves.
1: I suspect that that secondary market is bigger than we, than, than people are willing to talk about. So the, the state max you can buy in Utah is four ounces of flour a month. That's only if you're, if you're a provider like me, if I say, you know, Bob, you're my patient Mm -hmm. and you can access the state maximum. So four ounces I'm not, I don't do that very often, but because people don't use that much very often, the average user is not using four ounces a month. I
0: think a lot more I would like to. It's just expensive. <laughs> Maybe.
1: I think, you yeah, know, well, there's all kinds of reasons, but people are increasing their I wish, I their could use, I wish I used so they less. can give it away. <laughs> I
2: right? wish I used less.
1: Yeah. That's the, okay. So you bring up a really good point. Again, there, the people who are actually using that much want to use less. The people who are using an ounce a month, they're buying three. I mean, they're probably not making a profit. And if they are making a profit, boy, it's not very much. But they're they're giving it or selling it away to their friends and family.
2: Well, the secondary market here in Utah screwed up right now because CBD B has been introduced into it. Oh, yeah. are they selling it like in the black market? They're selling CBD flowers, regular flower, and right. people getting
0: ripped off, huh? Yeah.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So what happened is now you go outside the state on the border stores. You can't get anything but nugs the size of eraser heads. Tight like rocks, so the growers shrunk. They shrunk the buds into tight little rock, rocks that you can't make a you can't make a hemp flower like that. Hemp flowers too big, big fat indica buds, right? Those big monster ones they show you yeah, the Matterhorns. So, I mean, they're huge. Yeah, they're like big things right there. So we know we those are no good now. So they put a big den in indica, but sativa was safe. So even the indica now you're getting is small, and they're forcing smaller buds because smaller buds mean safer transactions.
1: Interesting, I don't follow the the uh, secondary market much.
2: Well, I don't. It's hard to spend twenty four thousand dollars in the store on weed. My wife would frown upon that.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you're a, when you when you've become a student again, as well, right? <laughs> Correct.
2: Right. Correct. Are you you're taking some classes. Or? I am. I'm. am a registered student in the state, uh, Utah State University's uh, horticulture program. There you go. You're going to learn how to do some growing. I am. I am. I'd love to own a nursery okay. someday. Was and it really
1: the pandemic that the kind of. Did it force you back into this, or did it? It did,
2: it did. Uh, my my last opportunity got heavily affected by COVID, and um, I'm not a I'm not a victim kind of guy, you know. So even though it sucks and it's whatever, it's how do we be productive? Uh-huh. Interactions are limited right now and restricted. I felt comfortable using it as an opportunity to take a step back and and go to school, study up, and learn. Learn a new trade.
1: Cool. You are you able to use uh veteran benefits I am. to help? I am the it's Vogue Rehab. Cool.
2: Yeah. It's it's beautiful. I love the VA. That's awesome. Yeah, I that's pretty awesome.
1: I love the state of Utah. Yeah.
2: So I risk my risk my livelihood. I'll risk anything to be here. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, why not why
0: not move to Colorado or Oregon or something? It seems like it'd be a lot easier. we
1: we have people like yeah. this all the time, right, yeah. Chris? The, no, and I hate saying that. Like, get out of Utah, but it's like I know, but there's
0: well,
2: here's the problem.
1: Yeah. Utah's a great place. It well, is. It, it is. And that's <laughs> it is. that's what I was excited about. And I think about. the question comes I, I mean, I think the question Chris is asking, the question I would ask the question in this in this way like, you know, why what about Utah makes you stay here because everybody stays. There's just so many people who want to be who want to be here. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason agree or disagree with parts of this cannabis law. Or frankly, other things. I mean, yeah. we're, the cannabis is not the only I, thing. That, I I sent a very yeah. Away. I sent
2: a very candid candid letter to the governor, Governor Hubert. I sent a very candid letter to the governor, outlining a point paper of things that bother me, and and I brought up a lot of the things we've talked about today, and I would say that his response was very eloquent. Oh so he responded not him his office. Okay. Let me let me say that it's his office but from his for the from this constituents office. The response back I got officially was that they they recognize that the problem exists with the laws, the program and that we're working on it. And basically it was saying be patient.
1: Mhm.
0: What would help more more growers? Do you think that would help the law is that
2: or home grow? Well, I think, unfortunately, you have to. You either have to decide that you want a retail market, or, or medical, not. Or, yeah. If you got bogo's, if you got specials, if you got red lights, if you've got vans out front with the flappy little things, if you've got the, that's a retail market in essence. Yeah, that's not a medical market, and I, a med- and a true medical market can't support itself. And that's, those are the
0: examples I, I guess I needed to hear because I, I didn't realize that, you know, and that makes sense to me because I've heard this time and time again. I'm like, well, what is it about it that people aren't, aren't considering a medical? And I see yeah that. I see that. And
2: it's non-supportive. See, Cal- the state of California tried that with the Compassionate Care Act. Mm-hmm. They tried that. They use that as a springboard yeah. to head patients. That's a standard rule. Okay. We're on a cannabis program. What do we do? Okay. Let's show six trembling kids and babies. The voters will say yes. Yep. And then that happens. Well, in California, they use AIDS and uh, AIDS patients, uh, HIV, yep, cancer, babies. Congratulations, you got a compassionate care program, compassionate care act that rolls out that transferred into a retail market, and the, the patients were left behind. Now, the medical program in the state of Utah, uh, California doesn't exist. There's none. It just it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. The retail market is so beat down by the black market. And the prices are very affordable. And it's a reasonable. You can go in on any given day and find somewhere where you can get an eight, ten dollar gram.
1: That'd be nice. Right. Wow.
2: So here There's top shelf, bottom shelf, mid shelf, but sure. that's just a walk in price. Ten bucks, twelve bucks, no problem.
1: And here we've essentially what you're saying is mixed the retail market and the medical market. Because we have the specials.
2: Yes. And well, now let's just let's just say that on the standard price, standard price on a gram. Standard price on a gram is about $15.71, seventy-one. Fifteen dollars seventy-one cents. That's about the standard price. The problem is with cannabis, anyone that's been using it for a while, you get deals on volume. <laughs> <laughs> if I buy a pound, I'm not gonna pay the same per gram price. If I buy an ounce, if I buy a quarter ounce. If I buy an eighth, if I buy a gram, kind of like, I don't know. But that's just the way the industry has been ran. Yeah. And that's the way that – so the people we bring in, we import people from other markets. We bring in habits. We bring in styles. We bring in people that are operating multi-state operations. Multi-state operation trike. Do you think they're going to write a SOP on everything for Utah and then an SOP for every different state? So they got standards and th- things happen, right? Mm-hmm. But uh going back to that, where were we at? The the pricing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pricing variances that the, they're just high. Now, if I'm a true patient, well let's just say your standard patient and say to you to that's on disability, what are they making a month?
1: Well, it's like eight hundred dollars. It's
2: that's let's, let's say let's go big. Let's say twelve hundred. Yeah. Twelve hundred bucks a month. That barely pays
1: a rent. Barely pays the rent. They're already out. Yeah, that's right. They're already out. We and and this is the conversation that you and I have had. Many times is how can we get the, how can we get the cannabis into their hands, to reduce the prescription medications that they have to take. Correct. Right. This is not about getting cannabis into their hands illegally so they can use it on top of their medications. This is changing their life for the better. This is people breaking the law
2: that don't want it. They don't want to break the law. They just want their medicine. They want to be compliant. Yeah. They can't afford it. So what? Because Utah's making enough money. What are they making? Three dollars on a transaction?
1: Yeah, three bucks on a transaction. But most of the most of the fees that the state makes are on are, back are end, right. on all on the back end, not on the front end. Right? It's the licensing fees and the testing fees. The Department of Ag, those testing fees, I think, are high. I don't know what they are. I just it they're getting their fees somewhere.
2: It costs about five dollars to put a seed in the ground, right? If you if you buy it in bulk, let's just say five ten bucks to put a seed in the ground. If we were to try and do cost analysis on where is the restrictive on this whole pipeline, where would the restrictive chokehold be? It's going to be between the growers and the state. That's yeah. where the money's at. And, and okay, that's fine, but then they also limit the amount of growers, so they're limiting their revenue. It's it's just.
0: They'll figure it out. It baffles they'll, my they'll mind. They'll figure it out. I think. I mean, I want to hope they do. So you and I had talked
2: about uh, more square feet. The growers need more. The solution is more square footage.
1: Yeah, and isn't gr- that on the hill right now? Hundred thousand. There, there's more some square footage. More square footage is on the is on the bill right now, and I think there's some pretty hard push to get them more more canopy.
2: Well, if the deal is if they restrict, if they don't let them export, and they gave them all the square footage they need. We'd have enough cannabis.
1: Oh yeah, they'll grow enough. I'm. I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll grow. Come on, right? Trike, Zion, Wholesome, the Dragonfly. They'll grow. They'll grow. They'll grow as much as we need.
2: As much as they can sell.
1: They'll grow as much as they can sell. That's so
2: true. So, are they willing to drop the price to sell more? Man, this sounds like a retail market.
0: Well, I'm probably, if, is so have crazy. you noticed prices are actually going up uh, since they've opened? Because when they started, when Dragonfly started. They were selling an eighth for about 50, 55, and now it's tough to find anything for under 60. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's interesting.
2: And it's it's interesting that. I, I knew there was some, they had options before. Yeah. And then they came in one time and you could get, um, and I love them. You know, sure. I, I hate on them a little bit only because they represent something that I have angst with. But them themselves, I love them. They're great people. They're trying their best with what they got. They
1: are. And, you know, to Dragonfly's credit, they. I met with them, uh, their owners last week, and they're—they really are devoted to quality. I believe that hundred percent. Which, which is just—I mean, that's a good—that's a good thing. They really—they're like distillate to
2: is top shelf. It is. And they
1: don't—they like, don't use anything to cut it down with. Mm-hmm. They're very—it's um, a big deal to them. Yeah. So, how do we get these people? What's the idea of getting these? The lower income people into the system, if we can't change the law, we've got to have some way for the dispensaries and these pharmacies and these growers to offer. I mean, what do they got? They've got to offer something. I've got to offer something in the clinics. We all essentially have to team up to have Mm -hmm. a sliding, essentially like a sliding scale program, like a membership program if you're on disability. yeah,
2: Yeah, I've tried that. I've tried something like that. I wired it up. I had a few people that were interested. Basically what it was is that if you were uh if you were a member, member of our union, yeah, the um, union. If the, if you could afford them like a monthly fee of say 50 bucks or maybe we make it income based, right? Mm-hmm. If you remember to that, what we did is we had a partner dispensary and a partner medical provider so that we could bypass some of these fees that are cost restrictive to access to care. Um not a lot of interest.
1: I think that the two things I think about are everybody's. There's there's a lot of people busy, right? Mm-hmm. The growers are busy expanding, the pharmacies are busy expanding, just trying to keep their head above water as far as not above water as far as the financials, but above water as far as like the build out and the it I was gotta it, open and yeah. I gotta see all these patients. Yeah,
2: it, it it felt like I had a grower that was like a hundred percent down, right? Or we'd have people that were into it and it's cool, but overall. And then when talking to the to the actual patients, I went out and talked to people that are breaking laws right now that they that they go out and score their twenty dollars in Liberty Park every day. Right? Mm-hmm. I asked him, why do you do that? He was like I ain't got two hundred and fifty bucks. Right. And he goes, but why would I do that? I, I I'm getting I'm getting this for twenty bucks. How much are you getting what you're getting for? I don't have that money. I can't afford it. It isn't about want to aff- Want to be compliant? They're cost out. They're just cost out. So he's doing his transactions. Sometimes be able to say, "Come on, just sign up, fifty bucks a month. You're paying twenty
1: dollars a day. What a right, deal! Right, right, what, what a deal. deal. You can get uh you can get an indica. You can get a sativa. Yeah. You don't get a ton of choice out. You the black market. You don't. Get... But you're, you're not going to get a ton of choice in the dispensary because they're going to give you the the what whatever they have bottom left. Shelf, right, the cares? bottom shelf, but. That's what you're getting out on the street, probably, Yeah, at least
2: half the time. Yeah. At least it's clean. At least it's clean and legal, right? Yep. Clean and legal. If it was affordable, and I asked him, I said, if it was the same price, you can go to the store, talk to the nice person behind the counter (laughs) every (laughs) day and spend your $20, Uh or you could go spend it in the park at this illegal transaction. Which would you rather do?
0: Sure. They go to the park. Why do you think the state of Utah is it, like afraid of home grow? Like, why do you think they, they don't want people growing here?
1: I mean, from a business standpoint, I know why the growers don't want people to home grow. Yeah,
0: oh, they, I think they do. Yeah. But I mean, really people aren't going to, I mean, that, that would be like the grocery store afraid that we have a garden. You, you know what I mean? That's like, exactly what, what I was thinking no, right now. There's no, like,
1: there's no, the farmer's market is booming. Yeah. And I can grow tomatoes in my garden but you for, still, for free, you still but I still go down, down to the to the farmers market and buy, yeah. my, buy expensive tomatoes. Frankly, yeah, um, yeah that's a good. That, I, I, mean, I don't know. You I you just make curious a really great what, the- and I would love to play with it. Right, like I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow production. No, but I'm fascinated with growing a home garden, and sure. I would be fascinated with growing a Blue Dream or growing a Pineapple Express, yeah. or growing something from a seed that I thought. Man, you know what? This is I. I did this on my own. I I understand the yep. process better, and then I'll appreciate the. I think I'd appreciate the medicine more.
0: Well, just some way to bring the price down, like you were saying, Bob. I mean, they could even sell us the plant. I know. I better not give them any ideas, right? The state of Utah, any ideas? But it just seems like there would be some way that they could still get some oh, money. I've, from I've us, already. You know?
1: Yeah, they could track it. Yeah, only they're let already the, tracking. It. <laughs> only let the growers be the be the nursery. Yeah, something. Right? I don't know.
2: You could go in. So if you're so, there's a couple different ways. The probably the easiest way to, and they can subsidize it. So you're buying a clone from the grower that's tagged. You're just buying one of their plants and you take it home, right? It's tagged. It's registered. You got it. I mean, so there is some restrictions on that, right? Put in your name in there, saying, "Hey, here's my address. I have a cannabis plant. I don't live within a hundred feet from a school, or you know, whatever, whatever legislation." Whatever
1: they, I'm sure they yeah. come up with
2: something. <laughs> whatever is in there, you just go check the plant out. We can rent a car. We can rent the plant. You know, it's the same deal. You just take it home. That's the easiest way. Yeah, easiest way. But if you want to be like, no, I want to order my seeds from Amsterdam, and I want to, I want to be completely all natural, and I want to pick all the everything, 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 fine. Then go apply for a tag and be willing to subject yourself to inspection. Sure. The inspector comes in. How many plants are you supposed to have in this residence? One. Where is it? Right here. Oh, good. Good. Hey, looks nice. Smells kind of stinky. Okay. <laughs> Your house is
1: kind of stinky. <laughs> I mean, uh, most people don't funny. want their
2: house to be kind of stinky. I don't know.
1: Yeah. You make it We're, sound so easy, but I know. And we've kind of gone down <laughs> the rabbit hole here, but I, yeah. I, but the, I like this discussion. It's, sure. It seems so reasonable to come up with solutions to some of these things that the government imposes on us.
0: You know, you know I, there's, there's a question I want to ask you, and uh, this could be a big topic, but I think you're the perfect person to ask this. PTSD,
2: mm-hmm. that,
0: that's currently what you use uh, cannabis for, correct? Correct. Correct. How do you feel about them taking that away from you as a qualifying condition?
1: Yeah, there's some discussion about removing it.
2: I mean, especially we've been talking about VA. I mean, I know that's a big thing used in the VA. So My my job was to end human life. That's counterintuitive to how I think we're wired as humans and causes some clinical issues. That's different from getting hit with a bag of flour and now being afraid to go down aisle five. So I don't think lawmakers are well-versed in what ptsd really is and i don't think they're qualified to govern it they should let the governing of they should let the governing of medical conditions be left to the medical field in my opinion amen yeah
0: there you go i was just curious because i know we've talked about that probably in the last like
2: that's kind of dark but that's how i feel about it right well, but, you, but but if I say I got PTSD, what do I got PTSD? I'm afraid of the batteries. I got hit in the head when I was a kid by seven people that hit me with batteries. That's real condition, maybe, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and I can't disqualify that per se. But I could say this for me: I have reoccurring nightmares. So every night I have these repetitive dreams of doing things that are terrible, in my opinion, and they they're there, and it's all night, and I don't sleep, and it's just repeat. Over and over and over again, so, like I said, cannabis was an alternative to my first choice, which was alcohol. If you drink enough, you can pass out and you won't dream,
1: yeah, but the one of the benefits of cannabis is it works on the memory centers of the brain, and it's ideal for disassociating memories hmm. when it's used appropriately yeah, it's it's, great. it's actually with p t s d there's some interest in studying. Heavy cannabis use right after an event that is, people have a potential to develop a PTSD. And so I'd like to see a study that Mm -hmm. gives heavy cannabis doses, heavy THC doses right after the event, disassociate the memory from the event so that you don't form those connections. Amazing. Right? Then you don't have to deal. Let's say there was a rape. It's that, it's that. Type of premise, so then you can dose them with heavy THC. You can you limit the connections that are formed in that immediate period after, and then you can um, essentially reduce the PTSD trigger later. Uh, It's it's a very interesting um, treatment theory. For cannabis use, that's not—I mean, it's not currently. That's why we in got, have vogue, to get it right? into the scientists' hands. Exactly. More smart people, smarter than me. <laughs>
2: they need it smarter than us. Like we we end up with like we're in, we end up making it kind of cool. We're, you know, we need scientists to take this plant to a, a different place. That's sure. what I think. You were mentioning
0: Blue Dream. Mm-hmm. As a as a favorite strain is is that your all time favorite strain or what's your all time favorite? Strain?
2: I, I use it as a as a, as a favorite. Okay. Uh, through the years, though, I I develop more. I look more for and because it's like, what are you really getting, right? Mm. Hey, I'm selling you some Acapulco Gold. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I've seen that. No, you're not. You know, or whatever. But. Yeah but but using the blue dream analogy or the specific profile it, it comes down to that what am i looking for in the terpenes what what what, what qualities in the terpenes what quality in the plant that's going to be bringing these certain effects and each strain as we know each strain quer- carries these different different levels and concentrations of different uh, chemicals
1: mm-hmm. and it
2: and it comes down to chemicals and uh, blue dream it seems it makes me feel good it makes me it ma- it makes me comfortable. Sure. And and I love it. But I can find some of those similar effects in a different strain. Just a personal favorite. Uh yeah. So that's that's how I feel about that. I'm
1: just curious. That's it's cool. something yeah. ask people. It's a it's a favorite question of ours. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite strain? Well, this has been a great conversation.
0: Yeah. Anything, I mean what I mean I we could probably keep going. I don't know. I mean, it, what uh, other topics should we cover with
2: you, Bob? I don't know. I smoked a oh, yeah. joint with Easy E's kid. Let's talk easy. about okay. <laughs> <laughs> E.
0: Let, let's talk about this. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Easy E guy. I, I
2: you remember because it started with, I told you why I got involved in cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Oh I got involved God. in cannabis because I wanted to go down. I wanted to have an opportunity to uh, smoke a joint with... Tommy John. Uh, well, not Tommy John. it's Dr. Dre. Oh, Dr. Oh, Dre. Oh, yeah, that's right. It yeah, was Dr. It did, Dre. I like gangster rap. Uh, I'm a gangster rap fan. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anywho, uh, I, uh, where else, if you're a fan of gangster rap, where else or who else would you rather be smoking a blunt with? And Dr. Trey. And Dr. Dr. Trey. Dr. Trey. Well, Easy
0: Easy Easy rest in
1: peace. Right. Easy
0: yep. E's son. So how did you talk? How did it's you get connected? Cool. How did you find out he was his so son? so funny? I, mean, I could
1: probably recite some of those songs yes. from when I was a kid. Yes, it's beautiful. Well, uh, I had the luxury of being
2: introduced to to Little E and, and Little Easy E and E three and Big A. I got to introduce them through a company called Nuggle. I had the opportunity to work with them for about six months. It's a tech company. Uh, and they're part of uh, Rich and Ruthless Records. And we done they were doing work together at the time. Uh, put together a magazine for them. Very cool. Um, it was all great stuff. They're a great company, good people. And, and, and it was a wonderful experience. It really was cool. That's cool. It's, that's, that's the story of my life. I, I survived a volcanic eruption. (laughs) I've been in a volcanic eruption. Like a, like a real one. Like Like a a real volcano. Not, not, not a volcano that you smoke at or (laughs) vape. No, no vaporizer. No, we could go for days, but, uh, that's funny. Easy E.
1: <laughs> Dude,
0: that is so cool. I mean, d- yeah. I-, I would ask you, I mean, do you want to get involved more in the industry at all or, or are you kind of happy the way it is what you're doing right now just as a patient or what? Where do you see yourself going with all this?
2: Well, but first and foremost, obviously I want the home grow, some type of home grow opened up and and I'm not beyond it being very restrictive because i think that there's there's value there's a connection and value with growing your own food your own medicine is your own your own crop your own there's a value to that and uh i i think that's that's really tied to a right that i should have i i think that's being a little too restrictive it can be ruled it can be governed other states are doing it it's not that hard and they're not going to lose money either Most people don't want a stinky plant growing in their house. No. (laughs) And even in the backyard, they can reek. They're very aromatic, right? I enjoy it, but not everyone's situated. Or if I'm next to a church, you don't want somebody growing 30 plants in their backyard right next to a schoolyard. Yeah. You don't want that. So it it needs to be controlled because humans need to be controlled, unfortunately. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that yeah. seems to be the case, anyways. So, just going back to that, that's something I'd like to see happen. Yeah, you know, grow. That's important to me. A-
1: any other cool. questions for him, Tim, or should we wrap this episode up? Not right now. We'll bring you back around yeah, when the on. laws change, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I front. mean, any any final and words? And when the or... union gets uh, gets up and running, I, 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 if
2: anyone, you know, we'll see. Uh, there's a Canada Space Union. It's on Instagram. People can find it if they want to follow. And Is I it
1: can. Utah? Cannabis Patients Union?
2: Uh nope, just cannabis patient and this, yeah. on cannabis Instagram. Patient just follow me. And and that's and
0: that's your that's that's how people can get a hold of you too, if they wanted, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh people have to be willing to register, people have to be willing to partake. It's gonna take it's gonna take some early adapters, I think, initially, and some people willing to risk taking some chances. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I unfortunately think that the lack of interest is gonna be from the legislative side.
1: Yeah, I, Because
2: they'll shut us down. We're creating an insurance company.
1: Essentially is what yeah, it's what the union would do with this membership type program yeah. and, and everybody involved.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why I think it just came down to lack of interest.
1: What's there. your uh, handle on Instagram?
2: Uh I uh, Bob's four twenty world. Bob's four twenty oh, world I, I was I know I follow yes, you, Bob one That's you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Absolutely. Well, it's good to meet you. Hi, pleasure. <laughs>
0: that's so cool. Yeah, so reach out to Bob. Get in touch with him. Yeah, please do. Yeah, um, let him know you heard him on Utah in the weeds. You know, let him know you heard this episode.
2: Absolutely will. And, and I'll and, put. And I've been a little lazy, to yeah. be truthful. We've been distracted by afraid of dying from COVID. I got to yeah. focus a little more on it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll put a push and, and let people know about the the podcast here. I think yeah. this is great. Yeah. And then and then. And we'll see if we get some people interested, we can move forward. I've had some interest from the grower, you know, if yeah. had talk.
1: I am I mean, we're definitely interested and we yeah. have locations, a lot of places, um, going to St. George, going to, um, uh, we'll be in the areas where people need the, like the medical side of it and the recommendations and mm-hmm. talking to people like what they could try, what the, all of that medical and education side, we are 100% on board for to help with that system, because I agree, I agree that revenue. Well, is let's fuel. get together
2: because I want to. I also want to make sure that we're protecting you and and what you've you have built. Right, know, you've right. Done well, some like you stuff said here. in the
1: very very beginning, I mean, revenue is fuel, and yep. you have to have fuel or else correct. we can't keep the lights on. <laughs> That's correct, right? That's and absolutely so, correct. But there is a growing number of people in this state who need help. Great. Right?
2: Well,
0: let's do it. Let's help. Them. So. Let's do it, guys. Really quick, I know we mentioned at the beginning how people can get a hold of you, Tim, but let's run down that list real
1: really fast. Really just uh, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. That's where the podcast lives. And if you need to get a hold of us, utahmarijuana.org, and, that's the best place to get a hold of me.
0: And reach out to either Tim or myself if you're interested in coming on the podcast, patients, doctors. Uh, growers, whatever, if you're involved at all in the industry, even if you've never been on a podcast, right? Like most of the people that come through, I'm sure Bob, this is your first time coming on a podcast. No, or you've been on a podcast.
2: No, this is my first time being See, on, on a podcast. I were a pro, man. Yeah, I was on uh, Money TV once. Okay. okay. <laughs> See, <laughs> I had a, had a suit and tie. You never would have yeah. recognized me. So, so reach so out, leave a review, yeah. and then
0: go listen to my other podcast, I Am Salt Lake, and then we'll, everybody will be happy.
1: So. All right, everybody. I Am Salt Lake. I know that. I know Thanks, that. Bob. All right. You're welcome. Stay safe out there, everybody.
0: Thank you.